I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for joining us every Saturday here on WCPT Radio in Chicago. WCPT820.com is the website where you can, uh, you know, bookmark it at, you know, put it in your phone so that when you're driving around and you're outside the range of the normal signal, you can still get us. Um, you can also go to see me live streaming for what it's worth, technologically speaking right now at twitch.tv slash Hal Sparks um, or on Periscope. And you can follow me on Twitter at Hal Sparks. And welcome to another Saturday where it seems that every possible situation where Donald Trump can take advantage of a circumstance to benefit himself, not just because he needs every piece of help I suppose he can get, but in a way that is detrimental to others. There's a curious consistency in the fact that when Donald Trump helps himself, there's not even a functional level of selfishness in it, wherein, you know, he's getting his, but, you know, it works out for everybody else. This week, Obviously, the big story coming out of the the end of the week, Thursday, Friday, is the reports in the Washington Post and backed up by New York Times and even Fox News that the president referred to um, prisoners of war and people killed in war and veterans in general as losers and suckers, uh, referring to anybody who fought in the Vietnam War as a sucker and that um, prisoners of war and anybody who died fighting, he called them losers and did not understand, this is by the reporting, did not understand, quote, what was in it for them, why in the world they would uh, dedicate their lives or give their lives or their limbs to the service of their country or the fight for freedom or any of that. It seems to uh, amaze and confuse the man. And I have to say, the bluntness of the reporting made me doubt it at first. It was, it seemed on its face so extreme, largely because you were hearing the reporting of three or four different incidents all at once. And when put them in, when put together, the, those, all of those separate incidents into one report, it seemed like a, you know, it reads emotionally. And, and I think for a lot of people, uh, in the in the theater of the mind when you're reading an article like that it reads like a a diatribe at one particular instance when in reality it was a series of uh, of moments where he was confronted by what most uh you know people would say either on mo- days like memorial day or visiting overseas where he was confronted with these moments where he reflects on what the military service of someone else meant, or he confronts his own odd prejudices about people who are uh, injured or disfigured. And his response is visceral and stark compared to those around them. And, 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 and one would say even indeed uh, humans in general, it is a very curious thing. Um, I think we were all shocked, but not at all surprised when he went after John McCain and someone said he, he John McCain's a war hero. And he said he's a hero because he got captured. I like uh, people who weren't captured. 
And the idea being that John McCain is only a hero because he's a failure. And that projection onto that and that that knee-jerk reaction to mock his service. I mean, one of the reasons why John McCain's posture and physical movement were so peculiar to a lot of people, if they weren't aware, was because during the torture that he went through um, and the injuries that he sustained in the crash and the lack of medical treatment that he got, his shoulders effectively fused and he could not um, lift, he cannot, could not in his life lift his arms above his shoulders. And I think when most of us heard that attack, there was, because the man was a political rival, because it was someone he was possibly going to be running at, it was a crass attack on an opponent, but not indicative in anyone's mind, in any sane person's mind, on the military as a whole or military service members as a whole. You kind of viewed it as this is just this guy being ugly and finding a strength in someone he's trying to fight and and turning it into a weakness, which is a, a strategy he uses quite often in life. And so I, I think more people let it slide than should have. I think a lot of people took that with this odd grain of salt going, well, he just attacks people that um, he views as opponents even in ways that, you know, will cut right to it. And it will, you know, embarrass or sicken them and weaken them in the eyes of, of you know, anybody that is viewing the competition that is going on. And so in, the, in his mocking of John McCain, I think there was a tendency, perhaps in the activity of, of normalization that goes on in, in the regular press, the, the idea that most people can't even fathom denigrating someone's service to that extent that it almost just zipped past people's perceptions and then we find out and this is not debatable this is on camera he said this this is something that uh, and and um donald trump got a deferment a medical deferment um that he had bone spurs in his feet that kept him from service um clearly falling into the, you know, rich kid buying his way out of the war zone of things. It was uh, a, a trope of a, and a regular order of business for a certain class of people in um, in America during the Vietnam War. And this view of people who did go as suckers, which is part of the quotes that came out this week, um, is in fitting with a man who would fake bone spurs to get out of going. And and a view of based on the president's perceived financial security in his life that anybody who couldn't buy their way out of, of Vietnam or who chose to go, which would be even worse in his mind, were suckers, were fools, were weak simply because of that. And it is a a regular um, occurrence with this president that he refers to a lot of people in those ways, right? Well, in the course of this uh, this story coming out, you there are other aspects of this 
that the president um, has apparently a fear of um, death or disfigurement that makes him averse to people who have served, who have lost limbs or have uh, been injured or disfigured in the war, that he is um, easily grossed out, and which is, by the way, a, a psychologically in line with forms of prejudice. Um, a lot of people who are easily skeeved out by things they perceive as gross also tend to harbor a lot of um, narrowly focused preconceptions about their fellow human beings. They, they go hand in hand, and especially in the case of Donald John Trump, that is not surprising. So the story, for, for certain, we know that he referred to John McCain as a loser, and he referred to John McCain uh, as he, he stated that he was not a hero because he'd been captured, and that because of that denigration, that I, pro- I like people who weren't captured, meaning that if people were captured, POWs, uh, if you were captured, then you were not a hero. It, it, there is no way to perceive his statements um, uh, to that to that effect without opening up to the the wider service members. It simply is not possible. He means that it is clear that he means that. So these stories all together paint a picture of a man that I think we all knew was standing right there. And a lot of people recognize and kind of shrugged off because these incidents, when not tied together, seem because they're oftentimes in a gish gallop of awful, they get kind of I th- almost categorized in one of his moral and intellectual failings in this. You, you just kind of put it in this box of, yeah, well, he's gross. And it goes in the, yeah, well, he's gross box. And it stays there. And unfortunately, it does not allow people to in, inform the rest of their beliefs about him because it seems to be somehow separate. When it cannot be, there is no way you can separate the behaviors of a man like Donald Trump from his belief that if POWs were captured, if people were captured and became POWs, they were not heroes and that they, we are, we are celebrating weakness by celebrating POWs or, or desiring them to be brought home or fighting for them. And the only reason you ever would is because it's politically advantageous to do so. Um, We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. There is so much to this story, but the irony is, is that a lot of people who are on, you know, in what would be the activist world or people who have been dealing with, the, you know, Donald Trump's character as part of the regular order of business. No, no one is surprised. No one. Um, what I think still is surprising to people is that Donald Trump is not a billionaire by any stretch of the imagination. That not only is the his illusion of caring about the military uh, a permeate weird belief uh, that sticks with us, but he there is there is nothing about his actions that says this is a man with money. We'll be back. Ever thought of finding your family tree? 
There are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever way you choose, tracing your family generations back with a family tree or uncovering your ethnicity with Ancestry DNA, it's easy to get started with Ancestry. You could find a famous relative or perhaps a photo of your great-grandma as a little girl. Whatever you find, it's sure to change the whole way you look at your family history and yourself. After all, the story of your family is the story of you. Ancestry DNA can reveal ethnic origins and provide historical details that bring unique family stories to life. Trace the paths of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. No other DNA tests deliver such a unique interactive experience. Start exploring your family story today. Head to our URL at Ancestry.com slash liberal to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash liberal. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. So one of the big stories we heard about the Trump uh, charities was that Donald Trump had taken money meant for the charity and with that money had purchased a a portrait of himself, a god-awful, just gaudy, new money, lame, um, exaggerated, royalty-looking picture of himself in golf attire and a and a, a sweater vest or something, a cardigan, I don't know. But the 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 idea was that they had used charity funds, ten thousand dollars, to purchase this painting that was made of him and that was one of the mismanagements of the of of the charity funds that was a you know one of the reasons why the trump charities can no longer do business in new york city it it you know and again this falls into that box of well he's disgusting but you know it's kind of you know i believe personally that a good portion of his followers view him as a pit bull that lives in the yard. Yeah, it will uh, crap all over the place. And yeah, it barks at everybody, whether they deserve it or not. And it, uh, on occasion, it will grab hold of grandma's arm and shake her until she, you know, we have to call the ambulance again. But the theory is, is that there's some bad people out there. And this thing um, will, you know, protect us if there if the bad things actually come. And the growing paranoid fear of those bad things justifies this, the existence of this dog, uh, this vicious beast sitting in the, you know, on the lawn, um, no matter what it does, because it is its usefulness is completely in parallel with your belief about the threat that you face. And if you've been taught to, you know, fear, you know, everyone and believe that, you know, the world is full of. Um, horrifying uh, illegal immigrant MS-13ers that are going to, you know, move in next door and ruin your suburb and and kill everyone because they need the low income housing. Um, the this is the, these are the kind of decisions you're going to be able you're going to be bound to make. And in the case of Trump's sort of awful character defects, the ones that when you look at him as a, a you know. The illusion of his Christianity, which is stark and and hilarious when you give any thought to it whatsoever. I mean, he has the the Christian consistency of uh, a violent psychopath in a Monty Python sketch. There is no element of his character where you go that is inconsistent uh, lockstep 
with the teachings of Christ. It is, it's absurd at its face. You could certainly believe that he is an Old Testament type in some ways, but why would one pride themselves on, on being for the tribal aspects of humanity that were consistent across every culture for millennia before each of them came to their own version of an enlightenment, as it were. And, you know, in the, in the case of, uh, you know, switching from an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth to uh, love thy neighbor as thyself, uh, you know, and uh, love thy enemies. Um, so the, the, the idea of him as a Christian is laughable, but the, the, the idea of him, but it also falls into this, well, again, he, if he serves me more than he does damage, then so be it. And the weirdest parts for me about all of these stories of him being, uh, you know, a, a billionaire philanthropist well-known in the New York real estate arena, which is rife with fraud and mafia nonsense, um, absolutely propped up for decades on on, on uh, anonymous under the table real estate consortiums of foreign money um that the idea that this guy somehow uh excelled in that arena didn't speak to some sort of intellectual capability but for a, just a, a huge moral gap in his ability to process thought and in the case of you know, his charity buying this painting for himself, it was crass, it was gross, it was pitiful. But at the but the thing that struck me the most is it was a $10,000 painting purchased with charity funds by a billionaire who would arguably have that kind of money just falling out of his pockets when he crossed the street. That 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 was the part that always struck me as odd. Ten thousand dollars to a man allegedly worth eight billion dollars. And may, maybe maybe the defense is, well, that's how you become a billionaire is you just become a cheap. The rest of us would spend our own money on it. But a real financially smart, savvy investor would would steal from a charity to do it which is absurd. But maybe that's the defense. But in reality, that's ridiculous. First of all, that you would um that you would spend $10,000 on that painting. When in the case of if you were, you know, other than to shelve it. But in the other hand, why wouldn't you just pay that artist to paint one exactly as you wanted it? Or ultimately, if we're dealing with what is and not what we think seems logical, um, clearly he took charity funds and used it to pay for a commissioned painting and scammed the, not only the people giving money, um, but worked with and through the artist to do so. The expectation was, I'll pay you when, you know, we do this thing because I'm going to buy it for myself for the thing. But we're going to use, we'll pay you through there. The, you know, but again, a $10,000 painting to someone worth $8.6 billion is 
somewhere in the order of what's $40 like to you? Maybe less, but it's a good general example. What's $20? And the question is, if you had you know, a regular job and you're paying your rent and all these kind of things, and you had the option to steal $20 from a charity out of the till of a, you know, of a Santa Claus in a Salvation Army outfit, you know, ringing a bell. He was looking the other way and you could snag 20 bucks to buy yourself something. Would you do it? And and I would hope the answer is no. That you would find your find a way to not be completely disgusting. But that is what the equivalent of that is. Stealing from, uh, you know, a, a Santa Claus, Salvation Army Santa Claus on, you know, in, during the Christmas season, um, we'll talk about the war on Christmas later or in the coming months. Um, but that that is what Donald John Trump has done multiple times. Um, yeah, Gonzo on our chat is saying how he stole mil- a million from a military charity doesn't have any money. I completely agree. Um, uh, and Wes is saying perhaps rich criminals just steal from anybody i think that's how it got written off i think there's an expectation that we have been sold a line about certain rich people for so long that they're just generally evil that we write off you know if if you're bill gates or you're um you know jeff bezos's ex or whatever and you're giving billions of dollars to charity or if you leave whatever your inheritance is not to the the you know your 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 progeny but to some charitable institution or a university or whatever um that you're the outlier and most most rich people are disgusting and evil and therefore when and what what that belief system does besides you know abstracting the humanity of a person just because of their financial situation which they either made or were born into or inherited or found or whatever, um, which means that on the, if you personally character wise were on the other side of the equation, you would view rich people, uh, you would view poor people the same way. You would write poor people off as in one, you know, a, and you would categorize them similarly. But the idea that, you know, they're like this. Uh, you know, falls into the zone of faking the moon landing and that, you know, it's basically a game of total distrust that eventually you, if you believe that, then everything is fake and suspect. And if you believe that all rich people are, are evil and gross and you always believe that, and that's just a constant thought that you don't even second guess, even when people do good things, you look at people like, Donald John Trump, when he does something genuinely disgusting, and you kind of shrug it off as normal when it absolutely is not. Donald Trump is not a normal human being. Um, He is also not rich by any stretch of the imagination. Donald Trump is in debt up to his eyeballs with some really sketchy people has been for decades and owes these folks favors in his behavior 
that if he doesn't participate, awful things could happen more than more than simply the marker being called. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. House Sparks on Twitter, on Instagram, HouseSparks.com. I mean, when you're named after a computer, you understand. You have, as soon as something pops up, you got to jump on it and, and squat with your name on it. That's why I'm at twitch.tv slash HowSparks, where you can subscribe using your Amazon Prime account. And uh, it doesn't cost you a dime, and it helps the show. There you go. We'll be back. This is Tom Hartman, and you're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. So we've been talking about the fact that Donald Trump um, uh, has postured as a Christian, has postured as a um, as a rich person, has postured as someone who cares about the military. And I swear, the very the first time, by the way, this is the first time yesterday that. Um, Donald Trump tried to denigrate the uh, Access Accountability um, and Choice Act of 2014 that Obama signed into office that John McCain shepherded through and that Hal Rogers in Kentucky um, authored and recognized that in no way did he get VA choice passed um, with uh, and no one else could for 40 years. That lie is dead. And, no, don't get me wrong. Tomorrow night on one of his weird little um, tele-rallies that he's been doing, where they just post a picture on the campaign website um, and he they have a recording of him talking to, allegedly, to voters in the Carolinas or something. I have no doubt at all that he will, on those phone calls, pretend that nobody got VA choice passed for 45 years until Donald Trump came along um, and claim that the VA Choice Accountability and Access Act of 2014 was something that he signed into office, even though it has Barack Obama's signature on it. But yesterday, he brought up the Mission Act, which is the modifications of it, the update, um, which instead of waiting 30 days before uh, you could get an appointment, it is now 28 days. Um, if you can get a, if you can get an appointment within, uh, if it takes 20 longer than 28 days to get an appointment for, at the VA, then you can go to anybody local before it was 30 days. Or if you had to drive 45 minutes, um, beyond however long, um, the, the wait time was, you, you didn't have to worry about that. If you had to drive more than, you know, more than 45 minutes, you could just get, whatever local care and access wherever you are that got changed to 30 minutes uh largely due to traffic not distance being a factor and these are minor modifications in bills when you you know you road test them you you come up with standards that seem to work out you seem to make the most sense and then you go you know what we need to shave a little bit more off that and actually we didn't need the funding for this part so we can kind of jettison that that's that's why governing requires constant gardening. Logic, you know, forethought, updates, like honest to God. Do you think a bill of any sort has no mod- I mean, if if you believe that laws don't need to be regularly updated, 
then if we are, quote unquote, a Judeo-Christian country or running on the Abrahamic laws, uh, uh, clearly, why do we have nine or ten different versions of what it means to kill someone? And why would you spend more or less time in jail depending on which one you got? Thou shalt not kill, right? That's the law. Well, unless it's, you know, depraved indifference, manslaughter, man one, man two, uh, um, first degree murder, second degree murder, third degree murder, um, you know, felony endangerment. There's there are all sorts. We modify things all the time, but we don't. But Donald Trump can't come out and, and holding, although I wouldn't put it past him, two stone tablets or in his case, probably three. These 15, come, oy, 10, 10 commandments for all to obey. <clears throat> so the the Choice Accountability and Access Act of 2014, signed into law by Barack Obama, um, uh, is, is yet another thing that Donald Trump has lied to and about veterans uh, to both them and the American people. Why? For his own military benefit. Why does it, he think in terms of if I'm going to, you know, to, to shore up your military bona fides, what's where does he go immediately? Well, the first one is to the biggest military buildup in peacetime in modern history. Two point five trillion dollars in extra military spending. I think ultimately it's probably closer to about another a six hundred million dollar bump, uh, billion dollar bump um, over ten years, um, because the you know we we had close to a, a trillion and a half over ten years, anyways, and that's effectively what we're talking. About. I mean, we're talking about eight hundred billion dollars um, in rebuilding, which, by the way, is a manufacturing infusion. One of the ways you can pretend you brought manufacturing back is to use taxpayer funds to manufacture things that instead of making, you know, washing machines and commercial vehicles, places can make munitions and 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 military armaments and and military vehicles. And if you have a giant order from GM for Jeeps and uh, and the like, then it looks like under your watch that the sales of those vehicles went up because the federal fleet was increased because of military, because of taxpayer funds. This isn't bringing manufacturing back to the United States. This is simply creating it out of whole cloth in an old fashioned socialistic uh, system way, you know, where you, where you pretend we'll, we'll dig a hole, we'll pay one guy to dig a hole and pay another guy to fill it. And so in the case of, Trump's alleged uh, wealth, that's always been suspect. And I've always found it odd that this guy just seems to be amazed at large amounts of money. No, that That is, when when he reacts to money, he reacts to money like someone who really needs money. I mean, I think most people who 
manage to keep themselves financially above water, whatever they're, you know, or live within their means or um, manage their debt in terms of their mortgage and their credit card debt relatively reasonably and have some semblance of job security or growth in their future and have kind of, you know, acted as an adult most of their lives and, and have, and, and have, uh, either by hook or by crook or by luck, fallen into a, a financial lane that is relatively steady, looks at the budget of a country the size of the United States with the economic impact that it has on the world and can fathom the numbers being discussed. You can figure it out. The United States has a $22 trillion yearly economy. It has an equal amount of real estate that is leveraged or uh, or owned that is growing in worth over time, um, depending on where you are, I suppose. But the you know when you're talking about a, a country that has a a baseline worth of somewhere in the order of sixty trillion dollars at any given day, and a and a moving financial. Uh, economy of about $22 trillion. And that doesn't necessarily even include the trillions of dollars that go through our stock market and the like from foreign entities, other countries, you know, uh, the the pension programs of other countries um, often are invested in in the stock market in the United States. It's enormous amounts of money. Um, But Donald Trump talks about those numbers as if if he just got a slice of one of those billions, it would bail him out with some really bad people. He he looks at it like some guy who's got a loan shark waiting on the corner for him. This is how he talks about it. And then this report comes out that the Republicans are upset um, in the RNC with Trump and the Trump campaign because they have spent $60 million dollars of donations, th- those those $20 and $50 donations by those folks that are buying those Trump hats and, and driving around with those flags sticking out of the back of their trucks, um, they, they've used $60 million of the campaign funds that are coming in. And understand, Biden had one of the biggest hauls in the history of elections this month, the August haul or last month, the August haul for the Biden campaign was somewhere in the order of three hundred and sixty four million dollars. Enormous. Sixty of it alone attributable to the introduction of Kamala of Kamala Harris. An enormous amount of money for a campaign. But in the modern world, um, if I mean, if you still viewed you know, Japanese yen, you know, today in the same way they viewed it in the 30s, then 40 million yen for a television set would look like insanity. But with inflation and and the undervaluing of the yen over time, it makes a lot of sense. It becomes, you know, what used to be, you know, it's how many nickels are you paying for something? It's just the format of how they address their monetary values. And if we looked at things in terms of the pennies or the dimes or the nickels, um, the numbers would be enormous. Well, it's it's similar these days. You used to be able to buy a cup of coffee with five cents in the United States. Now it costs you five bucks. But you also used to get paid five cents 
for an hour's work. There's been a variation in what you can buy with your money over time. So the idea, though, that that Biden, who, by the way, got money out of politics simply by not having any during the primaries. Just pulled in the largest haul in electoral history, three hundred sixty four million dollars in one month. And what is Donald Trump doing with the money coming in? They got more like one hundred and twenty million in the month of August, half of it going to pay Donald Trump's legal fees. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. You know, every campaign has legal fees. Getting on ballots, there's all kinds of legal stuff you have to go through. Filing for names, buying things, registering stuff, working with unions, working out contracts with with organizations that you buy lists of voters from and that's kind of thing you get that's legal fees the Obama administration paid 10 million dollars in legal fees during their campaign Bush paid even less close to eight even including his fight against Al Gore to steal the presidency Trump has spent 60 million and most of it on his personal problems we'll be back Hey, Chris, did you know that a large percentage of the face masks sold on the market today are actually fraudulent? Oh, my God. Fraudulent. I don't know what that means, but I'm assuming they're not protecting us. So many of them claim to have levels of filtration that they don't meet or worse, have virtually no filtration at all. No filtration, which means you're not being protected for this virus the way you should be. A very small number of manufacturers have respirator face models that are tested by the U.S., by the MPPTL and authorized by the FDA. So buying a mask model that has been FDA authorized is the best way to ensure that you and your family are getting a true respirator mask. These masks filter to greater than 95% efficiency and can be worn, making them a perfect choice as wearing masks is one of the key things we can do to keep ourselves and our neighbors safe. And right now, that's all you got to do. Just be a good neighbor. Right now, the NewDealShop.com has FDA authorized KN95 respirator masks with anti-fake stickers on every single package. I'm assuming that means we know that these are not fake masks. Like people are trying to knock off the KN95, not these. These are not fake. There's a sticker on the package that says so. So these respirator masks are in stock. I know you've been trying to get these things all over the place, but you can get them here. They're in stock in the U.S. and ship immediately for free for my listeners and by adding the code SEXYLIBERAL. So right now you can get even... 10% 10% off the clean phone UV sanitizer just for buying these FDA authorized masks. So you can get that discount on the sanitizer that we've been talking about on all the sexy liberal podcasts. And you can have that when you get these masks. So go to the new now and get verified authenticated FDA authorized KN95 mask shipped immediately to your home or business. That's the new And as I said, that's the new Now let's get back with Hell Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. So um, this story comes out in the New York Times that um, Republicans are concerned that Trump is using uh, the campaign donations of maggots and Trumpsters all over the country for to pay his own legal bills. Now, paying campaign legal bills is part of what the donations go to. You want to get on a ballot and somebody wants to kick you off. Let's just say, I don't know, for the sake of argument, you're running to, for the Republican candidacy for or, uh, the presidency in 2020. And you uh, are, are planning a primary challenge to the Republican that's in there. And that 
Republican is using the RNC and other forces to scuttle your chances at running in uh, in several states. That they are mounting legal fights so that you cannot even stage a primary campaign. And so your campaign is going to have to take some of the donations that it's gotten that you would that would go towards yard signs and other stuff, and you will have to uh, fight this in court. You're going to have to figure out a way to to fight this in court. And the money that's coming in that's going to pay for the campaign itself, not you personally, but the campaign itself to get on the ballot like you want it to is going to require quite a bit of money. Now, uh, that's exactly, by the way, what happened with uh, Donald Trump and the RNC um, scuttling anybody who was uh, going to run a primary uh, challenge to this president. But again, not surprising. I mean, you're going to if, if you believe you should stay in the presidency, even by, you know, whether you're decent or not, you're going to use every means at your disposal legally to push back against anybody who's going to try and oust you at whatever stage you can use. And if they leave you a wedge by sh- showing up with a bunch of uh, signatures that look all suspect or that have, you know, Mickey Mouse and it's not Mickey Mouse's proper address on the signature form, uh, you're going to you're going to have a legal team take a look at every uh, signature that got your opponent on the ballot and in in these areas and hopefully stem that that primary challenge so those those amounts of money will come up but we also know that Donald Trump has used the financial levers of donations and other people's money to protect his properties from legal attacks to to um, pay off porn stars and the like. He has used his personal lawyer shuffling money around, pretending money is going to another source when it's really just a bank shot to get it into the pocket of Stormy Daniels um, or you know any of the other number of, of women that he has either um, paid to remain quiet or paid to, um, uh, well, let's just say the word on the street um, through um, his pal Brody um, is that he paid for a termination, as it were. And he did it through his friend. So, And the money was arranged by Michael Cohen. More than likely, that stuff is part of what's going to be coming out in Michael Cohen's book, of which we've seen, I think, the foreword recently. That, that book in and of itself may be, a, a, at this rate, a November surprise. That will surprise no one, but the but it's it should come as no surprise that Donald Trump has used sixty million dollars of the money coming in to fight legal battles. Um, that, for example, in California, he sued he sued the state of California um, to block a, a law that would require him to release his taxes. That I mean. Unless your taxes are a campaign liability, and that's what you're saying, there is no justifiable reason to use campaign funds to do that. And if if any of these things that he uses it for, like paying off Stan- Stormy Daniels and the like, come from campaign funds, then the argument itself is is that 
he recognizes these things as campaign liabilities and is you and views this as a legitimate use from a PR standpoint of these campaign funds. These are effectively um, I'm not a lecherous scumbag yard signs. It's basically how he views it. I'm not a, a crook who's in bed with the Russian mob yard signs. That's that in and of itself is extraordinary um, that that that's been an, a, a huge part of it, it, what they're using, probably. And I'm going to give them the overage of 50 million dollars that 10 million of it might be legit campaign stuff. That's me being incredibly charitable using the number that the Obama administration used for the general needs of a. Uh, of a re-election campaign. So um, in the, in the case of, uh, you know, this um, spending on behalf of uh, Mr. Trump covers not only legal work that would be relatively routine for any president or candidate and some of the costs related to the Russia inquiry with his impeachment, but also cases in which he has a personal stake, including attempts to enforce non-disclosure agreements and protect his business interests. Many of the bills being paid by donors to Mr. Trump and his party have come from the Republican National Committee's recount account. It is a special fund created after 2014 when Congress, at the request of campaign finance lawyers and leaders of both parties, allowed much larger contributions by individuals to the political parties, totaling $106,500 per person compared with the normal $2,800 limit. It is impossible to know, based on federal election commission filings, how much of the $58.4 million in total legal bills went to routine legal work. Payments from the political committees to lawyers and law firms are not itemized by case, so the filings do not break down how much donor money went to pay for specific legal actions. You can only look at it from the point of view of he is where's the biggest hole in the dam that he is trying to plug? That, I mean, that in and of itself um, makes it very difficult to, to know where this money is going, but it also is relatively obvious if you know what it, it, he talks openly about suing people and, and most of the lawsuits that they're putting forward currently have to do with, Hiding his taxes. I mean, that is in and of itself. That is the the main focus of the Trump uh, campaign to reelect is hiding. A couple weeks in, right? But then, of course, Mexico was going to pay for the wall, and where's that health care plan? I get it. But in the course of this, um, there is nothing that the Trump organization and Donald Trump himself and the sycophants around him have done more than fight to keep his taxes secret. Now, there is only a couple of reasons why you would do that. The obvious one being is that fraud is involved. The other one is the other possibility is, is that you don't nearly have as much money as people think you do, and that'll hurt your image. And in the case of Donald Trump, it is abundantly clear that it's both. 
we got to take a break for the news and a couple of uh, commercials, as it were. We'll be back right after this. It's the Health Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Thanks, Jude, for uh, subscribing, uh, for following us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash HealthSparks. Come on over. I'm live streaming. You can see what I look like on three hours sleep. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Now time for the happy ending. Yay! So, um, thanks for hanging in there on our uh, special road version of the show. I've got a show at Flappers tonight in L.A. Um, socially distanced, only 10 people in the showroom, isolated little tables spread out all over the giant club, but mainly that it's it's going to be streamed online. So, if you want a uh, a non-political, silly comedy show to just take your mind off things. Um, go to Flappers uh, website, Flapper Comedy, uh, FlappersComedy.com. Um, and uh, this show um, really pays the staff. I'm doing some shows um, for both for this club and a couple of others um, because they've had to basically lay off waiters and waitresses and and in the cases where they have been able to benefit from uh the paycheck protection program they most of these folks lived off the tips that they got so even so their the help that they were getting was you know if you even if you could keep them on at their standard you know and and when those people by the way would get paid their standard amount um they're not getting unemployment and the extra 600. So they're, you know, during, they hadn't been during this time when it was still around. Um, and they were living off the baseline without the tips that made up for the loss, um, that balanced out their, their, uh, weekly salary. So we're trying to help make up for some of that. And there you go. So tonight, uh, flapperscomedy.com and I'm doing a comedy show eight o'clock. Uh, the tickets are $10. It's totally worth it. Um, and if you're a patron, I will, uh, post the show later for your, uh, your free viewing patreon.com slash Al Sparks. Um, but if you're going to buy a ticket and you want to see it live, um, that's tonight, uh, at 8 PM Pacific time. So, um, this is a, by the way, a clip from Fox news where they confirm all of the statements, um, that, uh, that Donald Trump allegedly said. This is John, I've spoken with two senior U.S. officials who were on the trip to France who confirmed to me key details in the Atlantic article and the quotes attributed to the president. My source, a former Trump administration official, told me when the president spoke about the Vietnam War, he said it was a stupid war. Anyone who went was a sucker. The president would say about American veterans, what's in it for them? They don't make any money. The source said it was a character flaw of the president. He could not understand why someone would die for their country not worth it. Regarding the French trip to mark the end of World War I, according to this former official, the president was not in a good mood. French President Macron had said something that made him mad. He questioned why he had to go to two cemeteries. Why do I have to do two? His staff explained he could cancel, but he was warned, they, the press, are going to kill you for this. The president was mad as a hornet when they did, according to this source. When asked if the president could have driven to the Ain Marne 
cemetery. This former official said confidently that there was not a security reason to not to drive to the cemetery, which was about 40 miles from Paris. Quote, the president drives a lot. The other world leaders drove to the cemeteries. He just didn't want to go. Regarding the president's July 4th military parade planning, during a planning session at the White House after seeing the Bastille Day Parade in 2017, President Trump said regarding the inclusion of wounded guys, quote, that's not a good look. Americans don't like that. Regarding Senator McCain, the president, according to this source, just hated John McCain. He always asked, why do you see him as a hero? Two sources confirmed the president did not want the flags lowered after McCain died, but others in the White House ordered them at half-mast. There was a standoff, and then the president relented. Meantime, Defense Secretary Mark Like, just brutal. And, And indicative, again... Just like Donald Trump is a fake billionaire, Donald Trump ha- is is a fraud in his support for the troops. He is he's a fraud when it comes to the economy. Donald Trump thinks that jobs where people go back to their job, where they went, they you had a job on Friday. You took the weekend off because you don't work Saturday and Sunday. You come back to work Monday. That's two jobs now on his watch. And every time you leave work and come back, he has created a job. Because according to the president, after losing 33 million jobs um, in April and May, um, while people went on break and were furloughed and all that kind of stuff, that some people who went back to work after things started to reopen, um, especially in, you know, plants where they shifted what they were building to make ventilators and that kind of stuff. Those folks that went back are created jobs, not just people going back to work, not parking in the same parking spot you had, hanging your jacket in the same locker, going to the same section in the assembly line. None of that matters. You're that's a brand new job you have, even though you had it a month ago before the the lockdown. And he keeps taking credit for this percentage rise in jobs or the creation of nine billion nine million jobs uh, when the people have just gone back to the job that they had. He still takes credit for that. He still needs to take credit for that, but he never when we were losing all these jobs, said, you know, we just lost 30 million jobs in a day. No, that's a record that no one is even close. And what you will not hear him talk about is not the 15 million people who lost their jobs who will be getting those jobs back because things will go back to some semblance of normal because people need to eat. But the 10 million or 12 million jobs that have been obliterated forever, that the only way they're coming back is if those people go do something else. They get a new job or they move or they give up on whatever perspective, you know, prospects of jobs that they had in their area and literally look for another way to make a living which tons of people are doing, by the way. If you notice how Larry Kudlow was like, look at all these small businesses that were, they had a record number of uh, small businesses that were farmed. Um, The reason 
a record number of small businesses were formed was because a record number of small businesses went away and that those people who had their small businesses incorporated to try and come up with a new job or a new way of making a living because their business had been obliterated and was never coming back and they know it. The idea that retail sales are better now than they were before the pandemic is a material absurdity. Ask people at malls across this country how successful their store in the mall is right now. Retail sales because everyone is shopping at Target or Walmart for everything is not a sign that retail sales are up. It is obliterating smaller stores and even franchise stores across the country. Large companies are furloughing tens of thousands of workers and planning on furloughing tens of thousands more before the holidays because there's no one to use their products. There's no one flying like there was. Airlines cut you know, entire routes because nobody was on the planes. And now, because they have fewer planes in the air, the price of a plane ticket is so high, it, it's it's impossible for somebody, especially if you're gonna if you're thinking about visiting relatives. You want you want to know what's going to happen this year? Look forward to traffic around the holidays as people have to drive across country to see a relative because it's the only financial choice for getting the family there. We will see you on uh, Monday for my regular stream. If you join me, or we'll see you next Saturday for the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We're here every Saturday, nine to eleven. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Thanks, Devin. You're awesome. Thank you, Lady B, for making a drop by. Um, Johnny Million will be back with us. Cheers. <laughs>